going to start today's message, and we are in a sermon series we started last week called Arrows, and if you weren't here, we're talking about parenting. I told you over the last, over last week, and I'm going to tell you over the next few weeks, we're going to do five weeks of this, and I said, listen, if you're not a parent, don't tune me out, right? Because the truth is, you're either going to probably be a parent at some point, or you're a grandparent, or you're going to have influence over a child's life at some point in your life, so, so do not... Do not tune me out. And so last week we talked about, you know, a parent's number one priority. What's your number one priority? You want to point your kids in the direction. You can't make the decision, but you want to point them in the direction to make a decision to follow Jesus. And so we, we talked about that together. Next week we're going to talk about healthy expectations for your, for your kids. The expectations you set for your kids' lives are teaching them what you see for their lives. And so if you have really low expectations for them, you're basically telling them, you're a screw-up. We don't know what's gonna, what you're going to do. I'm just going to be happy if you graduate you know, sixth grade. And so anyway, so we're going to teach you about healthy expectations. And then we're going to talk a little bit about boundaries, how you set boundaries in, in, in your marriage, in your relationships, uh, telling your kids no. And then the last week, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to talk about how to talk to your kids about sex. It's going to be super awkward for you. Uh, not for me, because I'm up here, but it's going to be super, we're going to have a lot of fun. And here, here's, the, here's the thing, if you don't talk to your kids about sex, and I hope, I don't know if there's any kids in here today, but if you don't talk to your kids about sex, someone else will. Someone else will. The average age that a child in America is introduced to pornography is now seven. Seven. So, so if you don't, listen, God created sex, we're going to have a lot of fun that week. If you're awkward, you know, be here. It's going to be fun. We'll give you some tissues. We'll give you something to put over your face, cover your face. We're going to have fun. If we don't do a good job of introducing our kids to sex, sexuality, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what God has called them to be, how, how, where they find their, their security, the, the world is going to inundate them with, with lies. And so we're going to have a good time. Uh, but today, I want to talk to you about a parent's biggest regret. Uh, a parent's biggest regret. We, we, we read this statement last week. Parenting is the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, easiest thing in the world to have an opinion on, sorry, the hardest thing in the world to do. It's the easiest thing in the world to have an opinion on, the hardest thing in, in the world to do. And so I want to talk to you about a parent's biggest regret today. I mean, I've made some, 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 you have some regrets in your life, just in, in your life in general. I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but, uh, but, but, but we do. Like, I have many regrets in my life when it comes to raising my kids. I have a nine, a seven, and a three-year-old, and I have done some things, said some things that I'm not proud of. Let me kind of give you uh, an example so that you, we feel on the same page. Some of y'all don't have any regrets, and you're just lying to yourself right now, uh, but most of us that have parented, we've, we've dropped the ball, we've done something, we've said something, uh, we, we've spoken in a way, we've treated them in a way at some point, we've taken, uh, we've missed an opportunity, and we have some regrets. So a few years ago, and I've shared this story with you before, uh, but you have, some of you haven't been here for a while, I have a seven-year-old, his name's Lincoln, and of my three kids, he's the sensitive one. Like, he's the one that he, he, he feels the most emotionally. You have a kid like that? Like, I'll give you an a, a example. He had a, a, a teacher this year that had a baby, so then he had a long-term substitute for the first four months of the, the, the school year, and then it was time for his substitute to, to, to go away and his real teacher to come back, and literally the week before, he started to experience all sorts of anxiety and, and fear, and, and his stomach hurt, and we were, I was like, what is wrong you know, with you? And my wife said, he's dealing with a level of anxiety because, because he's feeling bad about and he's nervous about this new teacher new teacher coming because he likes tradition and he he feels stuff and so just to give you a little a little insight onto my to my to my son so you know how much you know i i regret what i did to him in this situation but a few years ago he was driving me nuts you ever have one of those days and i was like 
I don't know what I'm going to do. I put him in his room, you know, a bunch of times. We've disciplined. We talked about it. And so he did something at nighttime. I'm like, I'm going to play a joke on him. I'm going to teach him a lesson. And so I, I got my phone out, and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm tired of you. I'm calling Tom. He's like, who's Tom? I'm like, Tom's the guy that picks up bad kids. He's coming to get you. You're going to spend a couple weeks away from me. Go pack your bag. So I pretend I'm talking to Tom. It's an awful idea, right? And so I'm pretending I'm talking to Tom, and literally he... I didn't think he was going to believe it, but because he feels, he starts to believe it. He goes up the stairs. He's walking up. His brother's like, where are you going, Lincoln? They're calling Tom. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, they, I, I got to go for a couple weeks. And I'm like, my wife, she's like, what would you do to Lincoln? And I'm like, you ever been there with your wife where you're like, you don't even want to tell her what you did, but because you're trying to set an example for your kids. And so I'm like, well, you know, in my head, I thought this would be funny. Why would you think that? Would you ever had that? Why would you think? And that's... That, that's where wives are, are, are like wrong. Because here's the problem with husbands. We don't typically think anything. Why would you, and so do your kids, why would you think that would be a good idea? I don't know. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I mean, literally, she's bawling, crying. He's never going to forget this. He's going to need counseling someday. He's going to talk about this. You know, it's a few years past, and so now we laugh about Tom, and I don't do this anymore. But in that moment, it was a serious parental regret. I want to talk to you about something I think is even more of a regret, and that's how we use time. It's how we spend our time. We all know that time flies, right? We all know right now time is moving. Like, you're going to spend the next 27 minutes here with me. You're never going to get this back. Sorry. You know, like, time is always moving quickly. And here's the problem. We know this to be true, but we, we still don't often do anything with it. The problem so many times is what we know still does not change what we do. Let me give you an example. How many of y'all know that junk food makes you unhealthy? All of us. How many of you this week have eaten junk food? All the normal people in here. How many times have we seen commercials that say cigarettes and things like that are bad for us, right? They're, just, they're, just, they're not healthy for us. Yet, what we know and what we do is still different. How many of you know you can't fly? Gravity. Yet, there's people in this church that still jump out of airplanes. Why? Because what we know and what we do tend to be different. This is one of the biggest problems in, in faith. The Bible says in the book of James, chapter 2, it says that he says, in the same way, faith by itself, in other words, just knowing by, by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, watch what it says, it's dead. Just because I tell you something in church and, and you got fed in church and you feel good in church, if you do nothing with it, it's, the Bible says it's worthless. If you only come to church and listen, if that's all that your spiritual existence is, your walk with Christ is you just kind of ingest, 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 but you never digest and let it turn into spiritual energy and effort, the Bible says that faith like that is, is useless. That sermons like this, that if I say, hey, listen, time is, is moving, that if it doesn't change what you do, just because you know it to be true, if you don't change what you do, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so I, I want to talk to you today uh, about parenting, because here, here, here's what I know. I, I know that, that parenting involves slow days and quick years. It, it involves extremely slow days. You ever have one of those? You're just looking at your clock. Is it 7.30 yet? 
And then all of a sudden, you, you look at your kids and you're like, when did you start growing facial hair? Let me smell you for a second. When did you stop smelling like Johnsons and Johnsons? And now you smell. When did this, when did this happen? When did your little cute, squeezable cheeks feel like that? Like when, when did this happen? It's slow days and it's, and it's quick years. Like how many times you run into an old person at the mall? Like an older, sorry. If you're old, sorry, I just offended you. More mature person at the mall. And they've already experienced life. And what do they tell you if you have little kids? You should enjoy that. And what do you often tell them? You should shut up. <laughs> and you should sit there and eat your, drink your black coffee and your slice of pizza in peace. And I wish I was you because my kids are crazy. You shut your mouth. Right? <laughs> Isn't that what we do to them? Like, how many times? Have I, you should enjoy that. I got three boys. Sometimes I'm walking through the mall and people are looking, some older lady will stop me and say, you should enjoy that. I had three boys. They're all grown now. You should enjoy it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is awful. Why did I bring them with me to the mall? I can't control them, right? Parenting involves slow days and fast years. And here's the thing. The answer to our time problem is not more time. You're not going to get... More time. You're not going to freeze the moment you're in right now. No one is going to change the way you, you treat time but you. No one is going to change the way you live but you. So I, I want to show you kind of five things. It doesn't, doesn't matter who you are today. Whether you have kids or you don't, time is, is ticking right now. It's passing you by. So no matter what situation that you're in in life, that this message is going to have implications for you, but especially if you're a parent, because time is the most important thing you have. And I believe it is a parent's number one regret. But listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians 5. We're going to land here, and then I'm going to give you five time truths. Usually I have four. Sometimes if I can't think of four, I have three. Today I'm an overachiever. We got five things. We're going to move, we're going to move through them fast. I'm going to teach you about time, right? Because you're not getting more. So you need to change the way you do it. But here's what Scripture says in Ephesians 5. Watch this. Be very careful then how you live. It's, it's almost a warning. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as, as wise. Not just hearing, but, but doing. Listen to what it says. Making the most of every opportunity. Did you know that situation that you're in right now is an opportunity? You got one time to have a newborn baby. That, that, that baby is going to be a newborn one time in their life. You, you have one opportunity to go to college, right, as a, as a, as a 20-year-old. 20, 20 one opportunity. You have, you have one opportunity to, to be engaged, hopefully. That's the only time, right? You have one opportunity. There's things that, that instead of looking at it as if it's so busy and it's so stressful and it's so time-consuming, you're going, man, what an amazing opportunity, and I want to be careful how I treat it. I want to make the most. Watch this, because the days are evil. Living your life the way everybody lives their life, and and trust me, all you got to do is go to a nursing home this week, and you will quickly realize days are are evil. There's a lot of people in that home that live every day with the weighing effects of regret. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have spent more time on this. I wish I would have taken the opportunity to say this. Make the most of every opportunity. Therefore, it says in verse number 17, do not be foolish, but do your very best to understand what the Lord's will is. 
Make the most of every opportunity. Let me give you five things. We're going to move through these uh, truths about time. One is, one is this. Time is precious and it's priceless. Time is, is precious and it's priceless. I, I'm a magician. Did you know that? I can do magic. Right now, as you guys are all looking at me, I'm going to steal something from you without, without you even knowing it. Just keep your eyes focused right here. Everybody over here on my right side, look at me all over uh, our campuses. Just fix your eyes on, dude, don't turn your head or you'll miss it. Don't look, don't blink. I'm going to count to three. One, 1,000. I'm going to go slow so you can see it. Two, 1,000. Three, 1,000. Did you guys see what I just took from you? I just wasted a minute of your life. I just took it. I just, I just wasted something. Like, you will literally never get that minute back again. Did you know that? Like, you, no one's ever going to go, you know what? When you were in church and that idiot pastor, on February 12th at 1029 or 1030, he, he did that dumb illustration where he, he thought you, you, you really got excited about him doing magic. You thought he was going to put an elephant on the stage or something like that. You are never getting that back. Listen, yesterday, you're never getting it back. The moment that you rolled over in bed last night with that, new, that newborn was crying over, that, that three-month-old was crying, and you freaked out, and you just sleep. You're never getting that back. The time you're with your family, and you have an opportunity to make things right, but you don't. You don't make the most of every opportunity. Never getting it back. Like it might be the only thing in the world that truly is priceless. That no matter how much money that you make, eventually your time will run out. You might be able to prolong it if you get sick, you get the best, you know, health care in the world, but eventually your time is going to end. Doesn't matter how rich you are, doesn't matter how successful you are, doesn't matter how much money that you have, time is priceless and time is, is precious. Just think about it. If there was something in your house that you would say is priceless, a family heirloom, something that you saved up money, and somebody came in and stole it from you, how mad would you be? I can't believe that you stole that from me yet. Yet our lives are being taken and stolen from us every day. You know what I've realized about Satan that I think is so important to understand? Is if Satan can't make you really bad, because some of you are like, I'm never bad. You know what he'll do? He'll just make you really, really busy. In fact, that's what it says in Scripture in John 10. It says the thief, watch what it says, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. What's he stealing from a bunch of people in our, in our day and age? Time. I mean, think about it. What is the number one response when you ask somebody how they're doing in America right now? I'm busy. I'm like incredibly stinking busy. And what do you never say to somebody? That's dumb, bro. Why? Why? Why, why are you bragging about being busy? What do we do? We, go, so we say stuff like, that's, that's good. It's better than not being busy. You ever notice when somebody says busy, it's never because, it's, I mean, there's, there's times when people are just busy because of an unforeseen or uncontrollable situation in their life, but most of the time, we have chosen busyness. 
Like most of the time, it's not simply just because we work, but it's because we work and we've chosen to have kids, right? And our kids, we've chosen to put them in an extracurricular activity every night of the week. And we've chosen on Saturday to not rest or Sunday to rest because we got so many things that we need to do and we're so busy. And we assume that busy is just the way you have to live. Maybe if you would step back, you would go, wow, we are all allowing Satan to steal something priceless and precious that we can never get back you're never getting back the time that that God has the trouble with time so many times is that you always assume you have more time the the, the trouble with with, with time is you always assume you have more time and so instead you need to step back and you need to go this thing that I have right here in front of me these days the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made I'm going to choose to rejoice and be glad in it. This day that I've been given, it's precious and it's priceless. That, that's what it says in Scripture in Psalms 90. It says, teach us to number our days. Te- teach us to number uh, our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom before it's too late. Teach us to look at life as precious and priceless. That's number one. No, number two is this. is You need to understand something about time. You cannot save it. You can only spend it. How many times have you been told that? That's horrible. That's something horrible to tell your kids. You can't save that. You can only spend it. All right. But when it comes to time, you can't save it. No matter how many pictures you take, no matter how many vacations you go on, no matter how many memories you're trying to make, the moments that you get, you can't save. They just keep passing you buy. In fact, Jesus dealt with this in the, in the Bible. In Matthew 25, he tells a story about a man who, who leaves and entrusts people with bags of gold. One man, he gives five bags. One man, he gives three. And one man, he gives, he gives one. And, and, he, and he leaves, the Bible says. And, and when he comes back, he says, what have you done with your bags of gold? The guy who had five, he doubles it. The guy who had three, he doubles it, I believe, three or two, something like that. Some of you in Bible college are like, that's not right. I forget, right? And so, uh, but he has two or three, he doubles it. The guy that has one does nothing with it. The Bible says in Matthew 25, verse number 24, it says, Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I won out, and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked and you lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. What he's saying is you should have done something. You, you don't get to save it. You have to spend it. You don't get to look at your cute little sick month old and say, I just, I remember doing this with a puppy when I was a kid. It's one of the reasons that the problems I have with, with dogs is puppies always turn to dogs and dogs are nasty, right? But you look at a puppy, you're like, can I just keep the puppy? And so now they've invented dogs that look like puppies all the time. And they're little, little, you put them in your purses and things like that. And I could deal with one of those. But my problem with puppies is they start so cute and they end up so dirty. <laughs> Same thing with kids. <laughs> they're so cute and they're clean and they just, they just lay around and you, you hold them and, they, and then they're, and they're satisfied. And then all of a sudden they turn one, two, three, four, five and they destroy everything. And you look at me, you're like, could you just stay that age? And the answer is always no. Your one-year-old turns into a five-year-old, your five-year-old turns a 12-year-old, your 12-year-old turns 18, and he leaves, and you cry. 
Hopefully he leaves. <laughs> and he gets married and he has grandbabies and you, you, want, you, you try to do a better job on the second time around with your grandbabies. But the truth is it just keeps passing. And you don't get to save it. You might have a memory or something, but the moments you don't get to save, you have to spend it. So one thing I've learned in my own life is you need to develop a loser mentality. Do you know what that means? You need to look at every moment and say, if I don't spend this, I, I, I'm going to lose it. Like, like don't, don't lose out on the opportunity in your life right now to turn your whens into now. You ever do that? When I get older, I won't be so busy. What? Here's what I figured out about life. Busy just keeps coming after you. You just, you just, you get busier, if you allow yourself, and busier and busier. When you think you're busy in college, you get married and a job, and you realize what busy is. Then you get, after you get married and have a job, you get a dog, and you realize what busy is, right? And then you get rid of the dog, and you get a baby, right? That's how it happened in my life. I'm just giving you a little personal experience. And then it gets really busy, and then you have two kids, then you have three kids, and some of you, four, five, six, seven, eight, slow down, brother, right? Like, like. And you just keep being busy and we'll say stuff like this. When I get here, then I'll do this. When I, when I get older, then I'll slow down. When I have more money, then I'll spend time with my kids. When, when, I, when, I, when I get ahead on my bills, then I'll spend more Saturdays off with, with my kids. When I do this, then I'll do that. And the problem is we when then our life to death because we're not developing a loser mentality. And also the thing you need to do is you need to not lose out on the opportunity to turn your intentions into actions. I mean, I'll look at life and you go, man, there's things I wish I would have done. There's things I wish that I was doing right now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to turn your intentions into actions. Why? You don't get to save it. You have to spend it. You get one chance to get up in the middle of the night with that baby. It goes like this. Trust me. You, you, you get one chance to be the dad and mom to, your, to little kids. You get, you get one shot. You get one chance oftentimes to have a conversation of reconciliation where you're asking for, for forgiveness. You get one chance to take that leap of faith into what God is calling you to do. There's oftentimes one chance. And I want to spend time with those that I love because one day I will either say I wish I had or I'm glad I did. I want to be the type of person that says I'm glad that I did. You don't get to save it, you have to spend it. And here, here's three more for you. Number three, you can either waste it then or invest it. You have to spend it, so you can either waste it or you can invest it. You never read the parable of the rich, the rich young ruler in the book of Luke chapter 12 where, where God blesses him. And the Bible says that in his blessing, instead of going, man, I've been blessed for a reason, the Bible says he builds a bigger barn. And he puts all of his food that God had given him into a bigger barn. Sounds like Americans, right? Instead of realizing how blessed that we are, we assume God wants us to just keep having more and more and more. And the Bible says, as he builds that bigger barn, he sits down in his lazy boy chair. He sits back and he says, now finally, I can relax and enjoy life. And scripture says that at that moment, his life was taken from him. And I don't know what his family situation was. But in that moment, the Bible says that he lost everything that could have been. He, he spent it. But, but instead of investing it into things that were important, the Bible says that he, that he wasted it. And, and the, thing about, the thing about time is time is your greatest investment into those around you. Time is your greatest investment in, into, into those around you, especially your kids. 
It's the greatest way to have an impact in their life. And what I found so many times is we're just wasting our time. Every week we get up and it's the same rat race that, that we're in, the same schedule. Every weekend comes and it's the same thing. Rat race, running around, tired. You get to Monday, you're tired. We're busy. Tuesday, we're busy. We're tired. We're just making it through life. And literally a lot of us, we're just wasting. We're wasting time. Instead of focusing on what matters, I've learned a couple things in my life to try to do. One is you need to embrace the what matters most moments of your life. How often does this happen? We're with our kids. We're tired. We've worked all day. We're at home. It's 7, 8 o'clock at night, and you're just ready for bedtime because you've worked all day. And you have the opportunity to embrace the what matters most, but, but because Facebook is beckoning. You have to catch up with other people as your, as your, as your family sits there. We, we have a hard time, am I right? Embracing the what matters most. How many times have you done this to your kids and don't feel bad, I've done this. As they come up to you and they want to they talk and they want to play and they want to tell you something, you, your, your eyes are on the screen and you say something like this, like in a minute or, or maybe later. And you're wasting your opportunity. I'm not saying every time your kids talk to you, you have to go, you know, the world revolves around you, you I got to stop. I'm going to talk about that. But I, I can't tell you how many times in my own life that I've had an opportunity to embrace the what matters most moment and I let it, let it pass me right by. Or here's another one. You need to develop an or mentality because you can't do it all. You can't do it all. You can't, you can't be a great dad and be great at fantasy sports. You can't be a great mom if you've worked all day and be the most in shape, have the best blog in the world about it. It's almost impossible. I can't be the pastor to all of the people in this church where I am meeting everybody's beck and needs, and I'm praying for everybody, and I'm fasting for everybody, and I'm meeting with everybody, and spend time with my three little boys. It's impossible. And so I've learned to make a to-don't list in my own life. Like, here's a to-don't list I've made. Uh, sometimes uh, people will call me, can, can you meet? And I'll say, what time do you want to meet? Because I hold office hours. This is going to surprise you for those of you who wonder what pastors do. But I hold office hours Monday through Thursday from 8 to 5, just like you. Every once in a while, we have a meeting at nighttime. Welcome to church at nighttime. But I have set in my life because I want to make, make effort and I want to put my time into what matters most. And say, you know what? I don't have a lot of things at, at nighttime. I can either play basketball with you or I can hang out with my, with my boys. I, I, I can either meet with you or I can hang out with my boys. I, I can either, listen, I've had opportunities this year where I had two times where I could have went to Israel. Sound pretty awesome. Ten days by myself without my kids. Sightseeing, learning, walking where Jesus walked. Two times, free trip. But my to-don't list is I won't spend extended time away from my kids right now because that time is not extended in their life and I'll lose out on it. So you need to embrace the what matters most. You need to make a, an or list. And then another thing is, you need to learn how to rest. Man, we're so sinful when it comes to this, aren't we? When's the last time that you just rested? I remember my, a couple years ago, we didn't have a lot of money, but we had an extra week of vacation that we had not used. It was the end of the summer, and we decided we're just going to stay home for a week. Some of you said, what did you do? We just stayed home. We woke up, we, we had breakfast together, we went to the park, we did free stuff. I love free stuff. This is one of my greatest memories with my boys. We just spent a week just spending a week together. 
There's no fancy pictures. There's no smiling at the beach. I like that stuff too. It just was a simple week together, a week of rest. What if, what if rest was not something that was optional, but it was essential to you? What if it was God's way of, of, of communicating to us, you're not that important. The world is still going to spin. And here's the thing. Nobody's ever going to ask you to rest. There's not a person who's ever come up to me in the 11 years of this church and said, hey, pastor, you're working too hard. You should probably, you should probably go home and relax. Nobody's going to control your schedule except for, for you. And here's two things as we close. Get ready to close. Andy, you can come up. I want to give you that if you live your life like this, if you invest, if you understand you don't get to save but you have to spend two, two ways at the end of today's message, then I want to show you that will have a personal impact on, on your kids. Because the first three, they're for everyone. Your time is ticking away. It's priceless and, and, and it's precious. You're either going to say, I wish I had, or I'm glad that I, that I did. You can't save it. You have to spend it. You can decide how you're going to spend it. You can waste it, or you can invest it. And this is my encouragement to you as parents. When you invest your time into your kids' lives, two things are going to happen. Two things that every parent wants their kids to have. And really, anywhere. If you're... If you're somebody who works in a nonprofit or for an organization where you volunteer time. This is what your time does when you invest it there. Number one is this, is time, it earns you influence. It earns you influence. In a world where one-fourth of parents in America spend less than 34 minutes a day with their kids. And we're freaking out. Why are our kids messed up sexually? Why are our kids promiscuous? Why do they keep posting naked pictures of themselves online? Why are they so addicted to the affirmation of other people? Why are they so insecure? I'll give you one really simple answer. It's because those that are supposed to influence them don't spend any time with them. You know, the average teenager in America spends nine hours a day on their smartphone. I I didn't even know they were up for nine hours. I was it when I was a kid. The average parent of that teenager also spends nine hours a day on the phone. Some of y'all say, well, I work on the phone. That's fine. 20% of that time is spent working. The other seven and a half hours are spent on social media, watching videos, catching up, emailing, doing personal things. And we want to know why we're not influencing our kids. See, when you invest time, you buy or earn influence in their life. Time is your greatest chance to influence your child's life. The best way to educate your child is to not pay somebody to teach them. It's to walk with them and show them. Time, it earns you a seat at the table of influence. So so when your kids are, they have questions, they know my parent wants to spend time with me. My parent has invested their time with me my parent is is walking with me and here's what scripture says in the book of proverbs chapter 20 it says walk with the wise and you become wise walk with the wise when you when your kids get a chance to walk with you and hopefully you're growing in your walk with christ you're becoming more like jesus guess what happens you influence them because you're spending time with them and as you influence them and god's wisdom comes into your life guess what they become what wise there's not a greater influence in their life than you, trust me. I used to be a youth pastor, and I would spend an hour or two a week with teenagers, and their, their parents would come to me with this perplexed look on their face and say, you know, why isn't church making an impact? Why isn't church changing them? Why? And I would say, 
to be honest with you, I don't know if this is going to cost me my job because you, you go here. You are the problem. What? I said, I'm with your kids two hours a week. I can't fix in two hours a week what you mess up every other day. You want your kid to change? Change your job schedule. Change your habits. Change your nightly routine. Change the time that you invest in other places and invest it in your kid's life. Why? It buys you influence. And here's number two that I think is so important. It deposits importance in their life. What you spend your time on is a great indicator of what's important to you. You're not too busy. Try this instead when it comes to anything in life that you don't do. Try saying this to yourself because this is much harder. Try saying, it's just not a priority to me. I hate, I hate that. I, I, did, I told my wife about this illustration and then she wanted me to do something with my kids in the morning and I was like, I don't have time. She was like, no, no. It's just not a priority to you. So if you think about that, when it comes to your kids, there's not a parent in this room that's saying, they're not, not important to me. I love my kids. My kids know that I love them, do they? Do they? They will remember much longer the time that you spent with them than any crappy plastic toy that you ever bought them. Don't you remember the first Christmas when you had a kid and you bought them all that stuff? And they unwrapped it and look at all those toys and they go and they play with the cardboard boxes and the wrapping paper? And you're mad, you're like, I'm never buying them anything again? Kids at the end of the day, they don't walk in life and go, man, I'm so thankful that when I was seven years old, my parents invested $150 on the seven-foot plastic G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. That's what I got. You know the thing I do remember about the aircraft carrier? I sat by my dad, and he took the time to put every one of those million pieces together with me. I remember that. I remember the times that my parents took me places, not bought me things. Remember the time that they invested. Why? It buys you influence and it deposits in your kid's life. You are a priority to me. You're not too busy. Just say it. It's not a priority. Same thing with church. I'm too busy for church. No, no, no. It's not a priority. It's much easier to swallow that, isn't it? Or harder. It's not a priority to me. If I don't spend time with you, I'm not too busy. I don't have time. And here's the thing about our culture, because some of you are going, no, you don't understand how busy I am. Our culture is like a car that's out of alignment. What happens to that car? It doesn't matter how hard you pull it back, it's consistently going to pull you this way. And just so you know, Satan controls the culture of this world. He controls it. And he is pulling culture away. He's the problem with America is not who's in the White House. The problem in America is families stopped eating meals together years ago. We've replaced the home-cooked meal with happy meals on the way to events. That's the problem. Nobody spends time together anymore. And here's why. Because Satan knows if you spend time with your kids, the words that he speaks to your kids and the influence that he tries to have over them, it fades. Why? Because you're influence, influencing your kids. He knows when he tries to destroy their, their security and their self-worth, he knows you've already established it in their life because you spent time with them and your kids spell love, T-I-M. You guys can spell, I love that. Time. No one's going to change it for you. No one's going to pull you back onto the road and get you going in the right direction except for you. Make the most of every opportunity. Live with the wisdom of God. If Satan can't make you make you evil he's just going to make you busy because he knows time is priceless
He knows you can't save it. He knows you got to spend it. He knows he can get you to waste it instead of investing it. But if you would just invest it, if you would just look at it the right way, oh my goodness, how you could impact your kids' lives, how you could impact this world, how we could completely change the landscape of America. It does not change in the White House. It changes in the homes of the Christians in this, in this country. We're going to spend time with each other. Why? Because time, it equals love. Would you stand up with me all over this house? Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes?